0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio your host Tim Link and I'm so glad you're joining us today. We're going to have a fun exciting show. As always, pick the brains of the masters of writing and mysteries in this particular case. Our special guest uh, later on is going to be Eve Calder and he's got a new book coming out called And Then There Were Crumbs. It's a cookie house mystery. So two of my favorite things, animals and cookies so it's got to be good. So We'll come back after this commercial break, talk to Eve a little bit about the book and uh, we'll take it from there. So everybody by hang tight. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is nutrition. Pick up two bottles of Lico chops Get the third bottle free. New improved Lico chops with omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E. And now six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try liquor chops. Buy two, get one free at dynavite.com D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Let's talk pets on petliferadio.com. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. And joining me now is author Eve Calder. Eve, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it's our pleasure. I'm, I'm so glad to have Thank you so on board too. here. And uh, the new book. books, And then there were crumbs, the first in the uh, brand new cozy series. So we're excited about that. I want to pick your brain a little bit about the book. Can you tell us a little bit about it without giving away all the, the uh, juicy bits?
1: Well, yeah. It's the main character is a pastry chef and her name is Kate McGuire and she is living in New York, very successful, cute little studio apartment, engaged to be married and everything sort of falls apart in one bad day. The restaurant she's working for folds, her apartment building goes condos so she loses her home and she finds out that fiance is cheating on her and she just decides she is going to Pack everything in the back of her car and sight unseen, go visit this little vacation village she's always wanted to see. She's going to move down there. So she does that. And after two weeks, she's in the resort and there's no job and she's running low on funds and her car dies. And she sort of gets to, to see the real village behind the resort. She sees Coral Key, Florida, is this little working small town, and she finally gets to see the real town behind it, and she kind of falls in love with it, and she gets a job there, and uh, an irascible bakery owner who who gives her a chance, and on her second day there, he's arrested for, for murder, one of their customers dies and it turns out he was poisoned with something from the shop so (laughs) and all of a sudden she she's faced with losing everything again and she's also begun to make friends in this town and so she sort of brings everybody in the town together to she's convinced this guy couldn't have done it he's a, a sweet old soul and she, she convinces everybody to pull their talents and find out, you know, who really killed the, the real estate developer who's targeting Coral Key, Florida. And, of course, being that he is a real estate developer, there are a lot of suspects, and it's, it's kind of a fun ride.
0: So it sounds like uh, she has a bad omen around her. She leaves to try to find a better life. And the little uh, gremlin follows her all the way down to Florida. But things come, come together in the end
1: just the opposite. I mean, she's sort of a fish out of water there. And what she's finding is this is the place she really should have been all along. She was sort of drawn to this place. And there's a home for her there. And there's a, you know, a a makeshift family for her there. And she sort of rediscovers the good things in life. She'd been working 16-hour days and she'd been, you know, nose to the grindstone. And all of a sudden, she's in this little town and she basically gets to, you know, stop and smell the sea air and visit the beach and, you know, remember all the reasons she got into being a pastry chef in the first place. So it's, she's kind of rediscovering herself as she rediscovers, uh, as she discovers this town.
0: There you go. So leaving all the bad stuff behind. So it sounded like you know at first it was like this has got to be a good idea. Leave all the bad stuff behind. Start fresh again. <laughs> Finds herself right in the middle of murder mystery, but yeah. does all right in the end. Exactly. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about maybe some of the other characters that Kate runs into, and um, you know what she thinks of the town once she and the people once she really gets to know them.
1: It's one of those places that sort of unfolds on her gradually. She looks around. She's walking down Main Street, and it's the first time she's seen the the real working part of the small town. And the first thing she notices, you know, besides the flowers and, you know, all of that, are these little, there are different dog bowls outside every store in the downtown area. And she's like, okay, what's all of this about? And then she meets Oliver who's sort of, you know, the unofficial town mayor or mascot, or and, and he's their sort of dog about town, and everybody loves him. And he's sort of this half-grown puppy who appeared there a couple of months ago, and she gets to meet Oliver first, and doesn't know what to make of that, but they gradually form a bond, and that's kind of the, the heart of the book.
0: And I'm assuming that being uh, spending so much time in uh, New York City, in Manhattan, uh, she didn't really have dogs and a lot of close relationships with our, our furry friends around her.
1: Exactly. In fact, in the second book, one of her friends comes back and, and says, I didn't even know you like dogs. And she said, well, he's not a dog. He's Oliver. So, <laughs> he's his own little sort of personality.
0: <laughs> oh, goodness. So, when the um, without giving it too much away, then, the towards the end of, of the book, what can the readers expect as far as any twists or turns or any aha moments that uh, they should be looking for?
1: Well. While Sam is in jail, and Sam is her her boss who runs the cookie house, which is the bakery, she and her new best friend, Maxie, who runs the, the floral shop next door, they decide to keep the bakery going while Sam is in jail. And it's sort of been running down a bit, so they decide to give it a bit of a facelift, and the entire town pitches in. So they're cleaning it, they're painting it, they're sprucing it up, and they're going to reopen it for him. And they, they kind of pull together to do that. At the same time, they're looking for clues with the real estate developer, and they're finding out he was into some real shady dealings, and he had a plan to, quote-unquote, redevelop downtown Coral Key, which was basically to buy it out and knock down you know what was there and put up more hotels, more condos, an airport, a couple of golf courses, and they're sort of piecing all of that together as they're putting the bakery back on its feet.
0: So they're trying to keep the bakery running for good old Sam, but on the other hand, they uncover this uh, mischievous plot that's going on. So now they've got to fight the town meanie, we'll put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like she, she goes from having one pot full of issues going on to now a whole new set of challenges, but something that she's, you know, it's fresh and interesting to her.
1: Something she's passionate about. She rediscovers her love for baking and obviously her love for cookies because she's at the cookie house. So there are a lot of cookies in this book. (laughs)
0: <laughs> the good kind. Well, it's always good to have cookies, and I like the, the little sort of uh, pun, you know, following those cookie crumbs to solve the mystery. That's very good on you. I like that little twist. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we're going to be interested in, everybody to pick up a copy of the book and definitely take a good read at when it and get to know the characters, Kate McGuire and all the rest of the characters in the book, and Oliver, of course, the most important character of all, in our opinion. So it's going to be exciting. The, the book's called And Then There Were Crumbs uh, by Eve Calder. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back right after these commercials and talk a little bit more to Eve about the book. And then there were crumbs, and then also uh, talk to her a little bit about writing and writing styles and putting together a good mystery novel. So everybody hang tight. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Has your pet ever suffered from digestive issues, anxiety, or joint pain? We want to address these issues and more with high-grade CBD oil from Alpha, made specifically for your furry friends. Using Alaskan salmon oil as a carrier, Alpha Pet's 500 CBD oil is lab-tested for quality, consistency, and safety. Plus, we are giving Pet Life Radio listeners 25% off and free shipping with code PL25 for a limited time. So visit myalphacbd.com slash dogs now. That's myalphacbd.com forward slash dogs. Because your furry friends are family.
1: Let's talk pets.
0: Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Pet Life, Radio. Pet Life Radio. <laughs> Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio, continuing our conversation with author Eve Calder, uh, talking to her about her book, and Then There Were Crumbs, a cookie house mystery. Now, Eve, when everybody picks up a copy of the book and they read through it and thoroughly enjoy it, we know they will, what do you hope the takeaway is? Uh, What do you want the readers to say, wow, that's what I got out of this book?
1: I want them to get a vacation, a nice break, and to go away to this island on the southwest coast of Florida where... You know, it's surrounded by beautiful beaches and trade winds and this lovely little quaint picturesque town. And feel like, okay, not only did they get a mystery, but they also got a little mini vacation
0: out of it. There you go. And, of course, get your cup of tea ready and some cookies because you're going to need them. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Eve, this is a lot of coffee in this
1: book. They drink a lot of lemonade and they eat a lot of cookies.
0: There you go. That sounds like a good life to me. That's a good vacation, in my opinion. Now, this is a uh, uh, first in a new series for you. Tell me, as, as far as uh, putting together a series of books, this is the first. How many are going to be in the series? Do we know yet?
1: Well, I'm contracted for three. So a lot of that will depend on the readers and, and how popular it is. But we know there will be three. In fact, I'm writing the second one right now. It's been Sugar and Vice is the name of that one.
0: There you go. So, putting together, uh, when you know you've got a series, you've got at least three. We want to see many, many more, of course. But when you've got three to commit to and you've got deadlines to hit, I'm sure. But uh, how do you keep everything sort of fresh and the characters uh, interesting? How do you determine which characters will will appear in the uh, second book and which new ones you'll introduce? How does that come all about in your mind when you're putting all this together?
1: That's a really great question. And the funny thing is, there's a character in the second book who was in the first book, who I wasn't counting on being there. It was a private detective. His name is Manny. But I met him, and I really liked him. And there was an opportunity for him to be in the second one, and he just sort of showed up. So sometimes they do that when, when you, you sort of meet these people or create these people, and then they just start showing up. So it, it's kind of a weird process, but that's the way it's been for me. And there's another character who you meet in this book Sonny Eisenberg, who runs the the local yoga studio. And you learn a lot more about her in the second book that things I didn't know. But it's like the longer these characters are with you, the longer you're carrying them around in your head, the more they tell you. It's just sort of this weird process of getting to know people.
0: Yeah, and that's really interesting. I love how, from from a writer's aspect and from your aspect here, especially, that you meet these characters, you know, and you weren't expecting to meet them necessarily, but now you do. And some, it's like real life. Some of them stick around, Mm -hmm. some of them don't. And I'm assuming that you can visualize this whole town and the whole scenery and and how everything goes.
1: Yeah. in, In fact, at one point, I literally drew myself a map of the inside of the cookie house. In the first book, there are a couple of scenes where things happen quickly. There's a, a break-in. Kate's first night in the bakery, she she makes a deal with Sam that she'll work for minimum wage if, if he lets her camp out in, in one of the storerooms upstairs until she can find a place. So the first night she's there, there's a break-in. So I literally sketched out on a piece of paper so that I'd have it straight. If this is If this room is here and the stairs are over here, and this happens. And then there are the footsteps just so I could, you know, sort of get the whole thing down the way it is in my head. And it's, it's funny the, the way you sometimes deal with that. But, yeah, I, I can see the town. I can see the people. And it's a fun place for me to be. And I hope it's a fun place for readers to be as well.
0: And that's so a fun place to be, but there's a murder to solve. So <laughs> is, well,
1: it does happen off page, so you're, yeah. you're not bothered with that part of it. And and he is kind of an awful human being. So
0: it, it's okay to kill him off or to, to move him exactly. on. Exactly.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh goodness gracious! All right, so we, let's pick your brain a little bit about writing in general. What type of writer, or as far as your your format? How do you go about doing your craft? Uh, you know what kind of writer are you are you the uh, type that gets up at five o'clock every morning and, and writes for an hour or are you like me and realize you've got a week till deadline you better get this thing finished <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm definitely inspired by deadlines deadlines <laughs> get me moving but I have found it more creative in the mornings if I can get up early and write then you know I guess it's that part of your brain that's still asleep you know you can use it for dreaming or you can use it for you know, dreaming up plots and, and mysteries and killing people off, but it's, you know, it's that sort of creative part is awake and alive for me in the morning. So if I can, that's, I love to get up and, and get a couple hours in then and, and just sort of see what I can come
0: up with. And so do you have any goals when you do that, or do you just write like X number of uh, words or or, uh, paragraphs or uh, chapters? Or is it more of I'm going to write till I'm either worn out or there's no more fresh ideas
1: (laughs) in my mind? I usually will write. I have a scene in my mind. I go scene by scene by scene and sort of string them together. So I will try, and I have a, a scene in my mind, and I'll, I'll be exploring that and putting it down on paper. And I found that the more I, I write, and I usually start, strangely enough, with dialogue. I know what the characters want to say to each other, or I'll know what one character wants to say. And I get that down, and then the rest of it sort of comes into focus, what they're doing, what they're wearing, sometimes even where they are when they're doing all of this. And once I get that scene down, you know, then I'll say, okay, do I want to do the next one? And I'll, you know, either plow into that or stop. But that's kind of how I do it is action, action, action. And rather than people who set word counts amaze me. I don't know how they do that. Or say, you know, I want to write three chapters. I I can't quantify it like that. It's all, all with me about what's actually happening.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that also. I find myself, if I'm doing word counts, I add words that are unnecessary that the editor is going to end up chopping out anyway, (laughs) but… But the goal is to get to get to the five thousand words or whatever it is I'm trying to get to. Now, that's from,
1: amazing to me that they can do that.
0: Yeah, they, I mean, there's uh, you know, I've talked obviously I've had the show for quite some time, and, and I'm a writer myself, and uh, you know, I talk to everybody about their craft and how they go about doing it. And you know, some are just you know whatever motivates them. Some are uh, you know deadline drivers, and uh, there's quite a few. They're very structured. You know, they they will do it at a certain time every day, and they will get x number of uh, words in play or, or chapters or whatever it may be. And that's, nothing's going to stop them from doing that, which, you know, I think as a writer, you know, I would have to say, you know, whatever works for you is the best way to do
1: it. Yeah, and it's amazing to hear how, how other people do it. And if they can put, you know, structure and method and, you know, numerical goals to it, I think that's fantastic. I'm just not there yet.
0: Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. So you as a – let's switch gears from being a writer to a reader. Are you a big fan of um, murder mysteries or lighthearted murder mysteries, if there is such a thing? Or uh, have you been more prone to other types, or do you have a, a lot of different things in your portfolio?
1: I love books, period. I am dangerous in libraries and bookstores because I'm one of those people who will browse and, you know, All of a sudden, I have a stack of books in my arms. I I read everything from, you know, cozies and murder mysteries to historical biographies and, you know, just about everything in between. So, you know, get me near a bookstore and and I'm dangerous.
0: I understand that when I for sure I, I spent I always had a I uh, always liked uh, in the past not now but in the past You know, I loved going into the bookstores loved going to the bargain bins not because I was cheap which maybe I was but it was more to the fact that there were so many little treasures you know it's like oh my gosh oh, yeah. how could that book be and then of course when I started publishing books I didn't want that because I didn't want to see my own books in that stack <laughs> over there <laughs> so I didn't want that yeah. <laughs> exactly so I don't a lot of books. I still donate a lot of books, obviously. And then with this wonderful show, I get great books like yours, and they get to read them and then uh, donate them to my local uh, thrift store, my uh, Humane Society Thrift Store, so they can take care of. Uh, oh,
1: good. Yeah,
0: pass them down oh, the line. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't have to lug them around either when I move from place to place, so it works out well for me. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Well, Eve, what a good call. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're helping out, and plus, we're spreading literacy at the same time. So it's a, it's a win-win oh. all the way around. I mean, everybody picks up a copy of uh, And Then There Were Crumbs by Eve Calder, and they read through it, and they're going to love it, and they're going to want to follow you and see what's going on and get a chance maybe to meet you. Where can they find out about uh, all your happenings, all your signings, uh, anything you've got going on?
1: I was going to say that um, I have a website, cookiehousemysteries.com. And everything's there. In fact, if they want to contact me, I'm, I'm on Twitter. My email is there. Um, everything with the book is there. Little information about, you know, what the book is about. And also my publisher, St. Martin's Press, between now and when it's released next week, they're doing a Goodreads giveaway. So if they look it up on goodreads or go to my website
0: there are links there they can win a copy for free hey there you go there you go yeah i don't know if i would have promoted that or not but okay good for you Eve. <laughs> that's out of their money not your money that's the that's the thing I was gonna
1: say, they can also pre-order it there are links for that too or you know they can enter the contest or they can do both so
0: a lot of great ways to, to follow you and get a copy of the book and uh, and check out what's going on. We'll make sure we get all those posted. So everybody, grab yourself a copy. It's a wonderful read, and it's a fun mystery. It has dogs, it has cookies, it has everything you need. Books, once again, it's called And Then There Were Crumbs, Cookie House Mystery by Eve Calder. Eve, thanks for coming on the show. Best of luck to you, and we'll look forward to chatting Thank with you, you uh, down the road.
1: Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
0: Our pleasure, our pleasure. Well, we're uh, coming to the end of the show today. I want to thank everyone for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. I want to thank the producers and sponsors for making this show possible. If you have any comments, ideas, or people you want to see on the show, please check us out. We're at PetLifeRadio.com. Drop us an email, and we'll be glad to answer your questions, entertain your comments, and bring on the people you want to hear most. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. Put it in a blog, a post, an article, or in a book, and who knows? maybe the next guest on animal rights on pet life radio have a great day let's talk pets every week on demand only on petliferadio.com